2022 Christmas specials edition, 12 days of the Christmas specials, where I'm bringing on friends of mine to talk Christmas. And today is a very special guest, one of my greatest friends, Julia, I'm going to get this wrong, Siganovich. How close am I? Close. Pretty close. That's close enough? Yeah, we'll go with it. Disrespectful. I'm sorry. Hmm? Yeah, you have a walk name, that's what happens. Ah, you said it, didn't we? Yeah, I'm walk, I can't say. <laughs> okay, so. Well, no, well, I'm half walk. Half? Which half? Just kidding. Okay. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. It's not your first podcast, is it? I think it is. It is? It is. Oh, excellent. Welcome. I'm honoured to have you on. Thank you. So, like I've been doing with all my other guests, I am finding to get to know all my friends through their Christmasness. So, I'm going to throw some questions straight at you at Christmas. So, do you have a favourite Christmas song? Yes. It's Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Fair enough. It is. I was thinking about why it's my favourite. I don't know. It just hits me in the feels. I don't know why. That's all that matters. As long as it's your favourite. You don't have to justify it. It's all good. Can you describe your perfect Christmas morning? Uh, do you have any favourite Christmas foods? Chocolate mousse is my staple Christmas food. Is that a Christmassy thing or just your personal thing? Well, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. Well, in my family, it is served every Christmas Day. Yeah. And not many other times during the year. Uh-huh. So um, Christmas mousse is definite. I was not a pudding person, so my family does the traditional Christmas cooked Christmas pud. Yep. Coins are not in it anymore, but they were. Um, but yeah, I was never a Christmas pudding fan, so the alternate was always chocolate mousse or jelly. I'm not a jelly person anyway. Uh, chocolate mousse is, 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 there's no chocolate mousse, it's not Christmas. When does your tree go up and when does it come down? Going up depends. I tr- try for the first week of December. This year it went up early because the weekend before I didn't have to do anything, so it went up. Coming down, it's usually January. Probably closer to mid-January. Oh, make Christmas last. Well, that's the worst thing about Christmas is taking the tree down. Putting it up is fun. Nobody likes taking the Christmas tree down. Nobody wants that job. No. All right, what is your most stressful part of Christmas? Well, this year it's preparing because I'm working a lot and I'm having Christmas brunch at my house, <laughs> which is exciting because it's the first Christmas day I don't have to leave the house for all, but I haven't had to leave the house for a while, which is nice. Sometimes it's finding the right presents for people. Sometimes it's just dealing with family. Family. I mean, I love my family and I usually love hanging out with them, but I don't know, it's changed a bit as I got older as well. Yeah, well, you can't choose your family, you choose friends and then yeah. you're forced to actually deal with these people. That's mm. why you have friends, Christmas. Yeah. Do you have a favourite Christmas movie? I have a couple. It's definitely The Muppet Christmas Carol, number one. It's coming up a lot. It's coming up a lot. Yep. That's because it's amazing. I also want to throw in Hogfather, uh-huh. which is Terry Pratchett. the Terry Pratchett miniseries adaptation, mm-hmm. which I'm excited because I had the DVD, but now it's on Prime, so I'm going to watch it again this year. Nice. And I have a new, I have a new favourite. So I finally got my hands last year on Christmas Ever After with yes. Ali Stroker, who is the first wheelchair user mm-hmm. to be the romantic lead. In a film? I don't know if it's in a film in general, but it's definitely in a Christmas film. Excellent. So, yes. Does your family have any unique traditions? Well, see, that's hard to answer because everyone just assumes what they do is what everybody else does. Like chocolate mousse? Like chocolate mousse. Mm. I don't know if there's anything unique. I mean, we all go, for as long as I've been around, um, decorating the Christmas tree with mum and dad's always been a big thing. And we still do that. So we'll go over and my sister and her kids and husband will come over and we'll all do that together. You know the Charlie Brown song? No, that actually, I've got all the Christmas music here, but dad put on the Patsy Disco. Patsy Disco? On vinyl. Nice. 
Do you do anything special on Christmas Eve? It's watch Muppet Christmas Carol and then watch Carol's by Candlelight, usually um, judging the dresses with my aunties. Oh, nice. Was there one Christmas present that you really wanted as a kid and this did you get it? This one is easy. It was an Atari. Ooh. And no. You I didn't? Do, oh. I don't think I've ever forgiven Santa. Oh, what a prick. I know. It's what I wanted it so bad. Did you make up for it? Because a lot of, you know, I know a lot of us collectors. I, I know you're a collector as well. There's all these things that we missed out on as a child. We seem to have bought multiple times over as an adult because screw you, Santa, I can buy it myself now. Like maybe I might have a few too many battle cats now, but that's okay, even though I didn't miss out from Santa, but still. So, you know, have you made up for it with your gaming if you didn't get an Atari? Did um, you catch up? Yeah, I had a Super Nintendo and I now have a PlayStation and a Switch. So I haven't, yeah, I didn't go for the Atari, although I did see one in Kmart this year and it was very tempting. Until you play it. Until then I play you, it. Then you realise, yeah, yeah. Yeah, although I did. It would have been great then. I don't remember if it's the year I really wanted a, an Atari, but I got a version of Pong. Okay. And I think it was the Pong brand. Yeah, but it's the same But game. yeah, it was, it was two sticks and you hit the ball back and forth. Yeah, that was enough. Yeah, but I had friends that had Ataris. It was so sad. If you could travel anywhere to celebrate Christmas, where would it be? New York. New York. My I friends mean, are going to meet up there, I think, <laughs> by the sound of it, before they all want to head. I think it's because there are so many Christmas movies set there. Like, I mean, New York is mythical anyway. Yeah. Just because we know it through pop culture and books and anything. But I think add that, add snow to that. Mm-hmm. And all the Christmas romance movies. But aren't all the romance movies set in Europe somewhere with a prince? No, I watched I watched one the other day called Something from Tiffany. Although I don't know technically if it was a Christmas movie, it was only loosely like Die Hard. Happy, happy. What? No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't that far removed. <laughs> I like Lethal Weapon. Probably. What is your least favorite item on your Christmas to do list? Oh, I know. Well, yeah, it'll be taking down the Christmas tree. If you were Santa, what cookie would you like left out for him? Chocolate chip. Chocolate chip. Or a snickerdoodle. Snickerdoodle. It's very American, isn't it? It is. But Do you I get ma- them here? I make them now. Oh, you make your own? I make my own. Ooh. Actually, I'm cooking a batch tomorrow. But you <sighs> missed out by one day. Soon. Damn it. Next time. What is a snickerdoodle? It's basically a sugar cookie mm-hmm. rolled in cinnamon sugar. I will save some for you. They are delicious. That sounds bloody damn delicious. I do like a sugar cookie. You may have to come back tomorrow. (laughs) Maybe. And where did Santa leave your presents? Santa left my presents in a special pillowcase under the Christmas tree. You had a pillowcase too? I did. One side had Santa on it. I can't remember what the other side had. I'm pretty sure mum still has them. Cool. And is cash or a voucher an acceptable gift? No. No? I mean, if that's what you really, really want. What you really, really want? Yeah, if you really want it. No, because it's not a gift. It's it's money. Yes, that is true. No, no, I, I'm sure I had a better reason for that at some point, but it's like, no. Okay, and the final question. Do you have a Christmas song or movie that you cannot stand? Not that I can think of. I'm sure there are some out there. Although Julie and Rachel are trying very hard to make me watch the new Lindsay Vaughan Christmas movie, and I'm very not on board with it. So sight unseen, it's you, one you can't stand. At That's the moment. Saying. Okay, fair enough. Like I said, I'm sure there is some song or some movie. That you 
don't have a taste for um, Jingle Bell Rock or something like that. I like Jingle. I like all of the like Jingle Bell Rock. Oh, you just like Christmas. That's fine. I do. I do like Christmas. Excellent. All right. Well, let's see how much. This is quick either or around. Okay. okay. This, here we go. Turkey or ham? Ham. Carols by Candlelight or Carols in the Domain? Candlelight. Mariah Carey or Michael Bublé? Neither. Ooh. MCG Test or Sydney to Hobart Yacht Race? Neither. Milk and cookies or beer and carrots? Milk and cookies. One gift, gift on Christmas Eve or exclusively all gifts on Christmas Day? Ooh. It depends how many you're getting. Like if you're only getting two. Oh, yeah. You don't save them for the Christmas yeah, time. No, fair, fair. Father Christmas or Santa Claus? Oh, it's Santa Claus now, but I think growing up, he was my Father Christmas. Uh, get up early or sleep in? Well, that's an 80s thing. Now it's sleep in. Yeah. Gift wrap or bag? Wrap. Wrap. The movie Elf or The Santa Claus? I'm not sure I've seen... I think I've seen The Santa Claus. You've got to watch Elf. I haven't watched it either and I'm being chastised for it. So yeah, me I think too. it's something I need to watch. Nightmare Before Christmas or A Muppet's Christmas Carol? Well, Muppet Christmas Carol. Okay. Home Alone or Gremlins? Gremlins. Love Actually or The Christmas Prince? Christmas Prince. I did put that in for you. Okay, so that's it for Christmas. I think we know, we get a gist of your Christmasness, and I think you're very much pro-Christmas. I am. Have you, have you seen how big my tree is? Uh, it is a big tree. That's not the tree. Oh, it's at the front door. That's right. The yes. <laughs> I walked past it. I'm looking for it now. I was like, I can't see it. It's not that big. You've got this thing on the wall. Yeah, I don't know I what that is. It's sort of like a sideways tree. It's, it's, what is like, that? it's a garland. A garland? Yes. Like Judy. Well, it's mainly because the rabbits can't chew it from down up there. Ah, that's right. So, you know, the, the tree was in the lounge room till the rabbits came to the live. Rabbits. And then now there's no room in the living room for the Christmas tree, so it's in the front. And then, yeah, so this year I decided to make a wall tree. No, I like it. So it literally looks like a sideways tree on the wall, with, with complete with baubles. Or if, there, or if there was a fireplace, it would be a garland. Okay. All right. So what we have been doing is talking about a Christmas movie or TV show or something. And I've asked my guests to bring to bring it. And what did you bring? I brought the Christmas toy. The Christmas toy. I had to look this up. And it is a 1986 Jim Henson production. Is that right? It sure is. I was so excited. You hadn't seen it. I mean, I have seen a lot of Christmas stuff, but there is so much out there. That's what I'm finding. And this is something I didn't even know about. We have watched some Muppet Christmas, I think, in, in, from previous episodes, but this is not one that I knew about. And we just watched it just, just before, just before we recorded. We put it on and we had a bit of a watch. And we did. It's, it's the first time I've seen it in a very long time. Now, where would you have seen it originally? I'm guessing on TV. At Christmas, like it, I'm assuming one of the free-to-air networks was showing it at one on point. A, one of our four channels that we had back yes. in the day. Yes. Yeah, so watching this. It's it's starts off with a bunch of toys in a playroom. It's all, it looks like Muppets or Sesame Street. I was going to say, you forgot the important part. Oh, Kermit does. Kermit. Yes, Kermit. Kermit. Of course, you can't have it without Kermit. It's like it's like um, Emmett Otter's Jack Van Christmas. Kermit intros it, just like on Emmett Otter. Yep, he's dressed as Santa. Well, he's got a the red cloak and the, and the hat. And he yes. falls down a chimney. Yes. Does a circular walk around a playroom with all these toys in the background. Then he fucks off. That's he, se he sets up the story. He does set up the story. They established this wonderful playroom with all these toys in the background. There's trains, there's ducks in boats, there's dudes on motorcycles. Dolls. Hobby horses. And they're all moving and animating in different sort of styles of animation too. So you've got like hand puppets inside certain things. You've got the marionettes. So it's a very vo wide variety of all these toys. So it's established it's Christmas Eve and these toys are all sort of excited. And 
Yes, and doesn't this sound like another movie? It sounds a lot like another movie, and then they it's like it, it, it it's fucking Toy Story. It's what it is. That's what I'm watching, and I'm <laughs> I looked at you when I'm watching. Going, this is awfully familiar. Oh, it's very familiar. And what five years, four, four or five years before Pixar came to life? Yeah, pretty much. But it's literally they set the scene up where these all these toys are in the playroom, and you got human kids that come in and sort of leave. They do their bit, but they establish that you've got to go back to your spot. If you if you don't if you get discovered outside the spot where you were, you'll be frozen forever. So essentially, you die if you get seen, and it's pretty horrific. Well, not horrific. It's a little traumatic. It is kind of. So there there is a bit of stress, and there's this one character, Rugby the Tiger, who who's he's very confident, and there's this little duck in a boat that blows his horn to say... He's a, he's a lookout. He is a lookout, and he says the coast is clear. So you get a, f- a couple of songs. And it's Although he does it very quickly. Yeah, I think timing. It's 51 minutes long, so they didn't wait for the kids really to get out of, out of the shop before he blew his whistle to say, it's all coast is clear, you can move again. Yeah, it is so Toy Story. It's so... Yeah, except for that one rule, it's Toy Story. Yeah, and they just added that one thing. But the fact is, it's Rugby the Tiger was last year's Christmas present. And he's their f- and he thinks, favorite toy. And he thinks he gets to be this year's Christmas present. Yeah, he's the Christmas toy. So that's what he does. His birthday was Christmas Day, and that was a year ago when he was opened out of the box. And there's a big and song, a montage, looking back, nostalgic looking back, and this song about the greatest day ever when he was taken out of the box and she fell in love with him and all that. See, kind that's of stuff. the one. That's the one thing Toy Story didn't do. No. They did. They didn't make it a musical. That, that's good because the music wasn't great. I gotta say. No. So yeah, so it's like he's and Christmas Day is the greatest day, and he's under the impression that that's what happens every Christmas Day, that he'll go back in the box and she'll find him again and they'll have this great day. And the old wise teddy bear that's going to tell everyone, he, he's about to give a pep talk for Christmas saying, all right, everyone, we've got new people coming in today, we'll welcome them, which is very similar to Woody doing his speech on the birthday. But Rugby can't wait. So he, he pisses off. Out, out of the room, so he doesn't hear this. So he's totally oblivious to it. So it's there's a bit of a, mo- a bit of a Woody buzz sort of thing going on there, where he's a bit oblivious. He's been there a year, so you think he'd know, but no one worried him up for a whole year because yeah, you would have think this would have happened on their birthdays, right? You'd think so. I was going to say you've got, you've forgotten one of the best characters, which is Mew. Yes, that's right. Mew. So Mew Mew is the cat's toy. Sadly, nobody likes Mew. They no. are. They all pick on Mew. Well, they pick on Mew because he's a cat toy. He's not a human toy. And he smells like catnip. Yes. So, yeah, he's sort of the main... The main characters is Rugby and Mew, which is the cat toy, which is a little mouse. And there's Apple, which was the doll, which is dressed remarkably like Chucky, as who we watched it with Julie. She was getting freaked out, going, it looks like Chucky and that monster from Doctor Who. And it's true. It looked like both of those things. And it was kind of freaky. And a lot of these kind because they weren't all, like, that was made to look like a Cabbage Patch doll sort mm-hmm. of thing. So an animated version of that is quite disturbing to look at. Like some some things when they look like Muppets, looks fine because it's a toy that moves. That looks like a puppet. That's fine. Other things, it's like, you, you're a bit uncanny valley here and that's kind of freaky. And the dead eyes, but you're moving. It's kind of weird. So, yeah. Th- so they've established the rules that, if you get spotted, you die, essentially. You're frozen forever. And Rugby's gone. It's no, like he's going to put himself back in the box. And the only person who knows about this is Mew. So all the toys are talking about, all right, we're going to welcome these new toys in. We're going to do all this sort of stuff. So Mew goes up and tells them. It's like, I don't know if I'm meant to tell you this or not, but Rugby's gone. He's, he's gone to do that. And they're going, oh, no, he, he's going to die. You know, if he gets spotted, he's screwed. While they're all concerned about it, there's a, there's a clown called Ditz or Diz. Ditz. Ditz. And he's not very smart. They've established he's not very smart. 
And he goes, oh, I'll go find him. And they're going, don't, don't go out there. And he does. And he dies. He dies. He freaking dies. Like he goes out there and he gets caught in the hallway <laughs> by the mum. Just to prove that the rule works. <laughs> and the mum picks him up and throws him in, back in the toy room. And he doesn't move again. It's a, a- and he gets taken away on a train. It was just like, what the hell is this thing? It's like, yeah, so it's, it's died. It just proved the rules. So and, and this is within the first 10 minutes. Yeah, and I said, okay, this is horrific already. So then they have another song, which is horrific again. But And then they decide we're going to go save rugby. It's like, one of your friends just died trying to save him. Why go out and... And he's not nice. He's already established that he's very cocksure. You know, he's, he's like, I'm my favourite toy. I'm the best. I'm the, he doesn't listen. He's a young lad. He is. And it's like, why are you going to save him? One of your fr- Mourn your friend. Why are you going to save him? Leave him for his son. So anyway, they convince... The rocking horse. Hold on, hold on. Before you get to that bit, we need to establish. Yes. This is a two-story house. Yes, that's right. So the, the the toys are all in a playroom. On the second story. Not on the ground floor. Rugby's gone downstairs to the Christmas tree. walk. The toys that go rescuing Mitch. Uh, two of them are on wheels. There's the taxi. The rocking horse on wheels. And the robot. Yeah, they'd be wheels. Yes. Yeah, so the only one that could walk is actually riding on the... Is hot. Apple riding on Belmont. Yes. And they're all just standing there looking down, going, oh, come back, come back. And it's like, you're going to wake everyone up with all this noise you're making. We were freaking out. Like, we're watching this yelling at the TV going, would you shut up? Because I'm still worried about Dick, but he's got it. So it's just bizarre. It's just like, the logic in this is just not working. It's just, I'm, I'm, I'm already traumatized. You, you're putting more stress in me now. So. Well, Apple drives the Apple taxi. drives. Apple can walk. She's got legs. <laughs> the only one with legs. She drives a taxi down the stairs. It's like, uh, you could have walked down the, the stairs. Da- the taxi has tiny wheels. Like, it is not easily going down no, the stairs. No, it went down very awkwardly. Uh, at, at least at least Belmont the Rocking Horse and Bleep the Robot got, yeah. got to stay upstairs. They didn't have to go down the stairs. No, but they were panicking just watching. They were. It was weird. Well, so they could get caught at any moment. They could have. <laughs> so, yeah, so they're fighting. The rugby's found the, the gift for the girl. It's like, oh, I'm going to pop myself back in the box. He's found her box and he's going to pop in. And they, they have a fight and in the end they end up opening the box and there's some there's someone already in there. Meteora. Oh, look, someone from outer space coming to take the favourite toy spot. Yeah. Sound familiar? A little bit. And she's clueless to the whole thing. She's in character. She's like, what are all these people? What is this funny foliage pointing to the Christmas tree and waving her sword about because she looks a bit like Shearer. Like, she's in character. And she wakes the parents up. She does. And they're like, about to come out and everyone's panicking. And then up to Mew, thanks to Mew. He, he Save yet. Mew saves the day. He does. Meows like a cat. And the parents go, oh, it's just the cat. Don't worry about it. And go back. Which is bed. kind of puzzling because the cat was meant to be put outside. Put outside. Yeah, continuity in the show. Not really well, sure about it. I don't know whether that particular bit was continuity. <laughs> I think the dad just didn't put the cat out. And it was very um, Warner Brothers cartoons as well and Disney where you saw the kids in this show. You saw the two children, but you never saw the parents up from anywhere below above their knees. That's a Muppet Baby thing. Is it as well? Okay. Yeah, yeah so you only saw their feet and heard yep. their voice. And I don't know what it is. There's so much character in the acting of these puppets, but the humans in this. Oh, the pu- the Muppets outacted the humans by a mile. All right, so there's two children, and they are terrible. They don't get to do a lot, admittedly, but they are terrible. But there's the parents, and it's just voice acting, you know, and, and it's pretty ordinary. And then there's the teenage daughter. Molly. And I don't know who or what was going on here. It's like, read these lines, okay. And it was like, she's trying to be a valley girl or something. Oh, there was, was definitely a put-on teenage 
bored. <laughs> and it was just like, oh my god, did you even try? Is this the first take? And I said, like, there's so much emotion in these Muppets, yet you couldn't even get a decent human for this thing. And it's voice acting as well. Well, like, we don't actually see Molly. We only no, hear we only hear her voice. Like I don't think I, I wasn't sure if Kermit established her at the start, but yes, the, all of a sudden they got a Molly for whatever reason. So crisis over. There was some tension when the parents were going to get up for this thing, and we 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 could not take any more toys. Because well, once they killed Dits, you know, everyone's on the, off the table here. You know, anyone could go. So it was a bit of a worry. So luckily, through the power of song, they all sing to Meteora and convince her that. You get back in that box. It's not just a box. It's not a prison. It's a magic thing. You come. You're going to be a star. And and Mew sings very love adoringly to Meteora. So she's convinced. Hops in the box, singing, "All right, put me back in this pod, and I'll, I'll." I and and Mew definitely has a crush. Well, she's pretty impressive. She's got some assets. She she does have some assets. <laughs> um. So you know, that's one crisis over. All right. Meteor is back in the box, sorted, everything. Let's get back to the playroom. Everything's back to normal. Because rugby's figured it out by now. They've explained to her. Apple's gone through another freaking montage of that Christmas from last year. That, yeah, you know, well, there was at least three of the Christmas three from Three times last we year. got to see that. from Or just a different perspective from someone else. Because we got to see the magical moment of rugby being presented. But then this time it had a different, darker undertone. Because you looked in the background and there's Apple. With the a previous tear. year's present tear. As a new toy came along and became your favourite. Yeah, so, and this is where Apple explains to Rugby. Uh-huh. Rugby has the epiphany. He does. Because it seems to happen a lot at Christmas. Well, that's what Christmas is for, right? Yeah, so, so okay, cool. Sorted. Let's get back to the playroom. What'll be done? Tension again. It's like, oh no, are they going to wake up the parents? They all get back. What they don't explain is how that taxi gets up the stairs. That we were questioning it. We said, how's it going to get back up? And it just did magically. Magic. It just, next thing you see it, it's up the stairs. It's like flying Daleks. Yeah. So it's like, all right, not allowed to question it. Fine. So everyone's back in the playroom. But Molly. Mew stops. Mew is a deer in the headlights. like, this is too much. <laughs> I don't have enough for this. I don't like it. So he's dead. Rugby tries to save him. He does sort of, he does a shimmy and tries to get there in time, but he can't. And he ends up in the, cu- in the cupboard at one point. And they build up the tension. This thing goes on for a while, and it does. That's two. That's two you've done to me now. This, I don't like this. So and they killed off the best character. He was. He was the nicest, most realist. He was a hero. He really was. But sacrificed himself. So he ends up back in the playroom. And his parents go back to bed. So not only is he dead, the cat picks up the dead body and takes him down to his little bed. Looking like he is laid out. So Rugby goes, I've got something to say to him. Something I should have said long ago. So he goes down. Rugby who didn't care before this He didn't care, but this is, he had his epiphany. He has had his epiphany. He's talking to him and he's singing a song. And a magical song. Brings him back to life. Thank fuck. Well, it's a, it's, it's a song of love. It is. Well, how could you not? It's Mew. But it's just like, thank God for that. It was too much. It was just too much. And he came back. I was hoping this was going to be the case. I, I, was, I thought, they're not going to kill all these characters. <laughs> they better not. It's the Muppets, you know. They, yeah. they don't do that I was hoping, much. but it was hard for a while there. It was like, what they did with this earlier, I'm thinking, this is not good. So well, see, they, could have, they did a good job because you were invested. I was invested. I was yelling at the TV. That's how much I was invested. Thank God. Brings it back to life with the power of song. We all love the power song. 
um, don't stop believing. So so that's good. He comes back. Great. They head back to the playroom. At the same time, I don't know if it was just a Christmas miracle, but everyone in the toy room started singing a song for no other re- for no reason, and it brought Dits back. And it's like, oh, thank God for that because it was all too much. And it's like, I, you can't bring one back and not the other because you know that's not fair. He was the one that. And in the end, nobody died. No, thank God. And all the toys came back. And then we get a bit of a thing for Christmas, a bit of over thing. Like the next morning, it's Christmas morning, the kids have got it, and you hear mum say, go put your new toys in your playroom and then come down for breakfast or something like that. So they come up and the, the son's got a giant nutcracker and she's got Meteora and they put them all down and they all come back, they leave the room and then the daughter just, she runs back in again, picks up Meteora, hugs her and goes, you're my favourite toy. And you sort of see in the background, you can see... Rugby. Rugby. And it's just like, you, you, don't, you don't get any expressions, it's not looking evil or anything like that. No, because the child's there, so they're not yeah, moving. Yeah, so they're not moving. But then she, the camera zooms in close. And she whispers, I like all my toys. I love all my toys. And it's like, ah, oh, nice. Then it pans back and she leaves and they all have a big song and dance and they welcome the new toys to the room. And they live as a happy family. It is. And it's just fucking Toy Story is what it is. <laughs> With a lot more trauma. With a lot more trauma. <laughs> I mean, there's some creepy shit in, in Toy Story. Yeah, the the doll on the spider legs is creepy. It didn't have anything creepy like that, but um, it did have some. But there were some stakes, like yeah, like I said, I was invested. You you were. I was. Thank you for that, because um, you never know how these things are going to go. No, but and, I, I'm and glad I watched it with you, because if I was sitting there watching it at home, I'd be just like, yeah, come on. But I, I got involved. I loved it for, for watching it here, doing it now, because it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's been a very long time since I've seen it, so I wasn't sure how it would hold up. As we were saying, some of the acting is not so great, but the characters stand up. Like, they they really held up really well. Because I've grown up with the Muppets, I never think about it. And Sesame Street for the same. I don't think about the technicality of any of it. And when you realise, because I've seen shows like Avenue Q, and you realise there's people doing this, but I never yeah. think about it. When I'm watching it, I don't think about the technical side of it. And there's someone with an arm up some felt, and that's what I'm watching here. I never question it. Like, I don't know why. They don't look real for a start. I think I think it's the magic of good puppeteering. Because Listen. I've seen... Have you seen Pop It Up? No. So, Pop It Up is a live, not PG rated, improv pup muppetry. Mm-hmm. Um, I think started and brought out by Brian Henson. And and you do. Like, you are, you are watching them on stage. They are not hidden. They are doing the puppets above their heads. And you still kind of forget that there are people underneath. Like, not only that is how it, there's one bit where it's there's a um, rugby singing to Mew, and Mew's in this cat bed, and the camera and rugby's moving around it, like in a full three sixty degree around. So then it's like, so not only do you have to point a camera at this, you're building all the sets, you know, six feet in the air, because you've got to have people under it, and that's a bit. So the camera's got to be up there, and you've got to have holes in the right spots, so. You can puppeteer from underneath and not see those holes and you've got to get these scenes. It's just like, when you think about it, there was so, so much involved, but it's so well done. And that's the beauty of Henson, who's been doing this since, what, the 60s, I suppose? Yeah. I mean, The Muppet Show was 70-something onwards. Sesame but he Street was, he was doing it before The Muppet Show. Yeah, and Sesame Street, oh, he was early Saturday Night Live, I think, as well. Like, very first yes. season. Yeah, and Sesame Street's, what, 72, 73, really early. So, he's been doing this for a very long time. Yeah, well, he was doing it like for advertising in the mm. Salmon Friends pre pre 
being pre being asked to do Christmas shit. Yeah, so it, they've got it right by this point, you know. They've they know what they're doing. But as a feat, it is really amazing. Well, and what we haven't mentioned is a lot of the Muppeteers from Sesame Street and the Muppet Show are doing these characters. Well, the main one was Rugby was Dave Gold, who is Gonzo. Yes. Yeah. Mew was Steve Whitmire. And you've got Richard Hunt as Belmont, who's also done Scooter. So Muppet Staples. And Steve Whitmire, who is the voice of Mew, is actually, he's just, he's taken over from Jim Henson as the voice of Kermit and... Annie. In anything since his passing. And, and prior to that was Rizzo the Rat. Going back to your favourite Christmas movie? Yes. Yeah, and Brian Henson, a young Brian Henson, son of um, Jim, has actually got a role in this as Cruiser. The New York taxi driver. Who somehow magically went up and down a huge flight of steps. Magic New York taxi driver. Flying taxi. So it is very much a Muppet production in that way. I mean, there's no question about it. It looks like it. It feels like it. It sounds, it sounds like, like it. a Muppet. And it was, yeah, it's quite cool. And, the, and that's the beauty of anything with the Henson Productions. There is a level of quality that you expect with it, and you always seem to get it. There's, there's, there's always something magical about a Muppet production. I mean, you, you do love... The Muppets and all that sort of stuff. So it, it's you love Emma Dotta, which we have talked to them in the past. Yep. And you probably would have chosen that if if we hadn't already talked about it in the past. I so many things I could have chosen, but yes. Yeah. Do you have a favourite version of the Muppets or any of productions that you've got? There's Fraggle Rock, Sesame Street, Muppet Show. I do love Fraggle Rock. You do? But I think my favourite is the Muppet Show. Because um, we grew up watching that on a Friday night. My nan, my nan and pop used to come over every Friday night for dinner, and then we would watch the Muppet Show. And so I think that, like, I'd, I'd grown up watching Sesame Street, so I'd seen that. But yeah, I think there's just something very special about the Muppet Show, and you know, in my heart especially, because that that was a really special time. Like mm-hmm. to have the whole family there and and be able to spend that time with everybody. And and it's crazy. I mean, it's just crazy. Oh, it is a crazy show. It's chaotic. There's songs. It's fun. You got, I mean, I'm, I sh- I'm sure we missed half oh of the God, yes. half of the references growing up. Well, you're watching it, and also the guests meant nothing to us. But now you when go back and go. And David Niven was on this, you know. I mean, I do remember the the amazing one with Luke Skywalker. Well, how could you not? At that time, like that so was the height. That was they reached their height. It was like R two D two and Luke Skywalker and C three PO on the show. This is the best episode of the best show ever. But um, yeah, I mean, you had your favorite characters, and it was so fast paced. Like, I mean, it was like um, laughing. You know, where mm. you had this, the ballroom dancing sequences. Yeah. You had Settler and Waldorf throwing in their comments. The terrible comedy of Fozzie. Um, the science fiction of Pigs in Space. The medical drama of Veterinarian's Hospital. An early version of The Tonight Show, when Kermit would sit and interview the, the special guest for the week. Yeah, it was just such a mixed bag of craziness. And I'm assuming, it, like me, it would have set you up in the same way of, of, of style of comedy that we're used to. The fast-paced, the weird satire, the... You, ne- you never knew what was coming, like... No. Ever. Like, I was excited because I was a Star Wars fan of science fiction, so Pigs in Space, if I heard the music, it's like, I know what this is. But you had no idea where it was going to go. You didn't know what it was going to do. It was just so random. And who these guests were didn't... Unless you recognised them, and there was some fame... I mean, they were all famous. They were all much. very... Like, now, if you look back, you go, oh, my God, that... That, that set of guests was just amazing. Yeah, Debbie Harry not knowing what was going on. Now I'm nostalgic for the Muppet Show. Is it streaming anywhere? Yes, on Disney+. Plus. All of it? Um, yeah, I think there's at least three seasons. Yeah, that sounds good. Oh, it's, we can watch that now. 
Let's 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 finish up here. Let's leave it at that. Let's crank up the Disney Plus and watch some Muppet shows. That's cool. So thank you for introducing me to that. I'm so glad you liked it. It was a bit of a roller coaster. Yes, but all good things are. Uh, but at least it peaked. It, you know, there were some low points. And I was a bit shocked. I was a bit angry, but but it did come home strong, and I'm I'm a lot happier now. So. Oh, that's good. So thank you very much for that. And thank and you know, Christmas miracles. Mm. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for having and me. Have yourself a merry Christmas. So merry Christmas, Nick. Thank you. As in olden days, happy golden days of yore, loving friends who are dear to us will be near to us once more. Now on we all will be together. The fates. Till then we'll have to muddle through somehow. So have yourself a merry little Christmas now. Try.